Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and summoned the elders, the heads, the judges, and the officers of Israel, and they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said to all the people, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Long ago your ancestors, Terah and his sons Abraham and Nor, lived beyond the Euphrates and served other gods. Then I took your father Abraham from beyond the river and led him through all the land of Canaan and made his offspring many. Now therefore revere the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your ancestors served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Now if you are unwilling to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living, but as far for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Then the people answered, Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods, for it is the Lord our God who brought us and our ancestors up from the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, and who did those great signs in our sight. He protected us along all the way that we went, and among all the peoples through whom we passed. And the Lord drove out before us all the peoples, the Amorites, who lived in the land. Therefore, we also will serve the Lord, for he is our God. But Joshua said to the people, you cannot serve the Lord, for he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive our transgressions or your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, then he will turn and do you harm and consume you after having done you good. And the people said to Joshua, No, we will serve the Lord. Then Joshua said to the people, You are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen the Lord to serve him. And they said, We are witnesses, he said. Then put away the foreign gods that are among you and incline your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. The people said to Joshua, The Lord our God we will serve, and him we will obey. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and made statutes and ordinance for them at Chesham. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Now let us all stand and sing together from Psalm 78, found on page 4 of the Worship Bulletin.
Please be seated. Paul uses poetic language to assure anxious Christians that the same God who raised Jesus from the dead will draw all the faithful together to be with him. A reading from the first letter of Paul to the Thessalonians. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about those who have died, so that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have died. For this we declare to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will by no means precede those who have died. For the Lord himself, with a cry of command, with the archangel's call, and with the sound of God's trumpet, will descend from heaven, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up in the clouds together with them to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flask of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a shout, look! Here is the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, No, there will not be enough for you and for us. You had better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. While they went to buy it, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later the other bridesmaids came also, saying, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Holy Spirit of God, by your gracious and merciful presence, so make my words your word to us, so that all that we hear and receive is of you. Amen. Please be seated. 
unbinding your heart. It's a plan for personal and group prayer which gets to the barriers of our hearts, barriers which block our access to God and God's access to us. Individuals and groups have been praying now for about three to four weeks together. I think we're in our fourth week. One thing I've learned in our prayer time, in my own personal prayer time, is that prayer, based on my efforts and my abilities regarding time and content, always leads to dead ends. I don't have time for this. I can get back to this later. Other things are more pressing. On the other hand, to see prayer as more about God at work than it is about me and what I'm doing makes me want to pray. Makes me so want the blessings that come from prayer that I look forward to prayer time. In time with God is the focus, and what God is doing is the focus, is not burdensome, but a great joy and a high delight. Why has it taken me so long, so many years to learn this? Some 65? I don't know. Maybe it has something to do with my slow learning curve. But the point for me is that I have now learned this as a result of unbinding your hearts. Now in prayer time, I am not emptied and diminished by thinking that prayer is about something that I do, something that depends on my efforts and energies. Now in prayer time, I am filled up because I see and discern Prayer as being God at work and God who does the work and myself being available to that God who works and does the works. And so now I begin by saying, here I am, Lord. Here you are too. What would you have me hear? What would you have me hear? And then in those silent listening times, God still speaks in a small, still voice. And I don't have to try to outdo God with many words. It's one of the dangers of being Episcopalian and having beautiful liturgy and beautiful prayers. We think we have to pray that way in our personal time. No, we can We don't have to. Our words can be few, as God's words to us will probably be few. I speak a few words and listen. God speaks a few words back. And now I'm filled beyond imaginings and energized in ways that none of my own efforts can energize me. Now let me go to our gospel for today. 
Our gospel for today has to do with being ready at any time to be available to the Lord. To be available to God. The wedding party is in place with lamps burning, but the bride and the groom are delayed. All in the wedding party who have been chosen to lead the bride and groom in procession to the banquet hall, and then from there to the bride's house, and from there to their new home together, the wedding party has fallen asleep because the bride and groom were delayed. They wake at midnight with the cry that the groom and his bride are approaching. Five have prepared and have extra oil for their lamps, and five do not have that extra oil. The unprepared five, the gospel calls them foolish, think that they need to go and find oil for their lamps and for that festive profession. And so they go. The prepared five, the gospel calls them wise, stay and lead the bride and groom in procession, joyful procession to the banquet hall where the door is locked and entry is blocked. The unprepared five return, probably with all they have borrowed or bought. They find the door locked. They plead for entry, but the groom says to them, I do not know you. The truth of the parable of the wise and foolish bridesmaids is given at the end. Keep awake. Watch. Be ready at all times. For you know neither the day nor the time when the Lord will come, when the bridegroom will return. First generation Christians thought that Jesus would return again in their lifetime. There was a delay. There has been a delay. I'm going to say thanks be to God for that delay. If it had happened back then or at some time between then and now, before our time, we might not have been included. Thanks be to God for the delay, because we can be included. Thanks be to God for the delay, because others after us can be included. included. The imperative for us is the imperative that was for them. Be ready. Keep ready. The salvation of God is nearer than when we first began, but it is not here yet. We have foretaste of it, glimpses of it, glimpses into what is promised, as Moses was given a glimpse into the far end of the promised land. But we're not there yet, because God has not fully arrived on the scene, as God will fully arrive on whatever that last day is be it the last day of our, the end of our lives or the last day at the end of, of all mankind. So, how do we watch? How do we stay ready, keep ready? How do we make ourselves available to the Lord every day in our world today? Well, you might guess, I'm going to be very bold this morning, and suggested that our prayer time at Advent in this season of unbinding your heart is one way that we stay and keep available. 
through regular personal and group prayer and sharing what we're doing. We know God who knows us. And God will not have to say to us, I do not know you. Nor will we have to say, let us in. I'm going to say this, and this is Nathaniel speaking out of his own theology or God thought. The wise bridesmaids did not gain entry into the wedding banquet hall because of having oil. The foolish bridesmaids would not have been denied entry had they stayed. In godly play, we ask our children the question, what would you, how would you change this story if you could? I would change the story by having the foolish stay, not needing to go and get oil, not needing to be concerned with the cares and occupations of this world, but staying to join in that procession with the bridegroom and bride into that banquet hall. Maybe they didn't have oil, but they had sashes they could have waved in the air. Something as a banner, something to joyfully celebrate that procession. I would change it by having them stay. The foolish were distracted by the cares and occupations of this world, thinking that they had to leave and go find oil from someone who would give it to them or sell it to them. They were not available to the bridegroom and his bride. They absented themselves from the bridegroom and his bride. They knew about him, but didn't know him. He knew about them, but didn't know them. We know him and he knows us through mutual presence. We invite that presence one way in our own prayer time, personal and corporate individual, and group. And God does the work through continuing prayer. Day to day, Sunday to Sunday, week to week, month to month, year to year. And in it all, in it all, we're getting ready for that great procession into God's kingdom, led by Jesus, the bridegroom of all God's people. Jesus is the bridegroom, God's people, everywhere of every generation, the bride. It's not just a procession for us. It's a procession for all, all who who know God and whom God knows. Now, I'm going to say this as well this morning, and this is Nathaniel thinking out loud out of his own God-thought perspective. Many prepare on this side to join that great procession with lamps trimmed and prepared. And the many not only include Christians, but Muslims and Jews and Buddhists and Aborigines all kinds of people who are drawn to God, 
who encounter God and let God encounter them in ways that are discernible and understandable for them. All kinds of people in every generation have lamps trimmed and prepared through God encounters for them in their time and for us right now. God encounters now. Encounters of the utmost kind. Encounters far beyond those of the third kind. And whether on this side or the other side, and this is a hope for me, whether on this side or the other side, all of God's people of every generation will discover that Jesus is the bridegroom and we collectively are the bride. And God's own people, past and present and future, will be glad to have Jesus, the chosen one of God, as the bride. The entry as we process into the kingdom of heaven. And in that day, all of us will be part of a multitude that will be too great to be numbered. And we together will rejoice and be glad and we will sing to the one seated on the throne and to the Lamb. Be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So be it. So it will be. Amen.